Sport Calgary members have access to resources such as marketing on social media, blog entries, features, and placement on the events listing. Become a member. It's easy and free. Visit www.sportcalgary.ca slash members. Hey kids, uh, welcome, 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 welcome to the original Six Feet Conversation podcast, a project that's uh, darn near 40, or no, 50 podcasts, believe it or not, three months in, uh, a, a project that we started here at Sport Calgary um, to, you know, as part of, I guess, trying to help everybody with the stress of, of the shutdown, the early days of the shutdown, the pause, the pandemic, and uh, now that we're starting to open back up, uh, we're continuing uh, with our mandate of, of conversations with people in the Calgary area who are in sport and sport leaders and sport stories and sport history and, and just everything uh, to do with sport in Calgary. And we've had some wonderful guests and that continues today. Oh, by the way, I am your uh, your amiable uh, podcast host, Rob Kerr, your podcasting friend. Um, of course, a uh, director for Sport Calgary as well. Um, very excited about today's guest. Um, he is a friend of mine, full full disclosure, a friend of mine that I've gotten in over the last couple of years. Um, and I have incredible respect, and it's timely too. It's a good conversation to have right now. Um, very excited that Riley Many Bears can join us from Six Second Nation. Uh, he is a mentor. He is part of SN7, a very important group uh, of youth mentors that we're going to talk about. He is an Olympic hopeful in long-distance running, uh, but he's got a great story. He's got a great message. He is a speaker. He's, he's someone who's taking his message to uh, the people that need to hear it. Quite honestly, that's most of us, really. Um, but I'll say this. Uh, a guy with incredible humility, uh, vulnerability, and, and very humble and very open about his story. So I, I think you're going to enjoy it. I certainly did. Always a pleasure to spend some time with Riley. So before we do that, just a reminder that Sport Calgary assists, supports, and influences the growth of sport in our city and area. As the voice of sports in Calgary, we connect Calgarians and sport. For more information, www.sportcalgary.ca. Let's do it, kids. Let's spend a little time with my friend and soon to be yours, I'm sure, Riley Many Bears. I'm great. I'm just uh, surprised. I can't complain. Well, you can. I'm here if you want. Like, that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Well, then again, every day is the same, same old since this COVID started. I just, I just, I just, instead of call it, instead of calling it weekdays, I just call it basically today. <laughs> you know, and by the way, I, I hit record, so we're just going, but it, it is. <laughs> You know, it's funny when we started this, it was always, hey, how are you adapting? And now we're three months in, right? Like oh, yeah. this is, this is, everybody kept talking about what the new normal, to a certain extent, this has kind of become the new normal, right? Oh yeah, pretty much so. Yeah. And so what's, what, what is a day like for you? What are you stay? How are you staying occupied? Uh, well, you know, I've been really busy with uh, SN7 under health services. And so pretty much um, we got to like, uh, we, it's, it's a, Let's say kind of a uh, slow transition. Like uh, right now, we're doing like more online content. Mm-hmm. But before all of this started, we pretty much were just like dispatched uh, at a call center. Like just taking like we're offering the COVID nineteen information line here in Sixga. Yeah. And so it was pretty much like seven days out of the week, twelve hours out of the day, or like after hours. And so that we were kind of busy with that and and whatnot. But so far, it's been. I don't mind it. I don't mind. It's been pretty peaceful here in the world, but but so far, how are how are you though? How are things? Well, I mean, it, 
you know, it's funny. I, I think I've told the story a couple times. You know, a couple weeks in, I'm going, wow, this working from home is awesome. And now, <laughs> I mean, I just, I want back in the office, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's good. It's nice to have these kind of conversations. It's nice to kind of chat with your friends and, and reconnect this way. So that's yeah. that's been a blessing. But, yeah, it's it's, you know, again as an athlete, you know this, right? Like you got to be tested. And I think a lot of us got tested, you know, not, not intentionally, not expectedly, but we got tested. So yeah, it's, it's been a challenge. It really has. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I know that, especially, I know that it's kind of, it's kind of a hit and miss with this situation. I've, I've seen people like social media posts saying that, um, how, Oh, sorry. Someone's is in the back. That's okay. Good. But, but uh, I noticed that someone, some people's posts are saying like, "Oh, it's it's been good, just like catching up with family, spending time with family, and just yeah. taking time off from the office." And then people are like, "Oh, I'm just eager to go back to work and whatnot." But you know, for me, it's kind of a, I don't mind it. You know, like I get to hang out with my family often, more mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. Been doing a lot of stuff I haven't been doing, I haven't done in like years, such as fishing and just enjoying the reserve is here in six gallons to walk and whatnot. And also just hanging around with family and friends. And, and so far uh, we have like zero confirmed cases on six, which is, which is good. So we, which I haven't been to, which I haven't been to Calgary in like weeks. Sometimes I'll go just for like, just work related stuff, like pick up supplies and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I, I want to talk to you a little bit about training and, and the athletic component, but, you, but you, you brought it up. Let's talk about SN7 and let's talk about your work that you guys have done because it has been amazing. Um, yeah. For those, maybe the best description or place to start is a description of SN7, Riley. Explain to our listeners what SN7 is first. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, in the summer of 2015, it was pretty much a pilot project under the CEO of Health Services, uh, Tyler White, and uh, I was I was in uh, one of the first workers at the time, and um, you know he had this vision idea like why not set up a youth program run by youth, and so far it's just been amazing. Five years, you know we've been doing a lot of a lot of great youth programs within the community of Sixga, and also um, for the past couple of years we uh, developed this youth crisis team, which uh, which which I'm involved in a few of other. Uh, of our other colleagues are involved as well. And so on. Um, sometimes we'll go to a first nations community that are dealing with a crisis, whether it be like Northern Alberta, Southern Alberta to these other first nation communities. And so it's been, it's been an amazing, you know, and not only that, but the great feedback we get from the communities and our involvement with them, especially with the schools and our events here in six to go. Kind of a, positive feedback and just shows that we're doing a great job and we'll continue to strive on what we're doing and whatnot. So when you talk about assisting in crisis, what, what, a, what kind of education and, and help have you gotten to do that? And, and what are we talking about in, in these different situations? What do you, what do you, what is the expectation for you guys when you go? Um, I, I know like some of the crisis calls where there'd be like a, uh, with a staff member who passed on, and you know, of course the students are grieving, and also uh, whether it be like a classmate who uh, committed suicide, because you know it's very common in First Nations communities that uh, there's a lot of teen teen uh, youth suicides and whatnot, and it's just like, you know, it could be. Of course, it's from um, it's linked to like the living in dysfunctional environments, you yeah. know, whether it be like not the safe household and whatnot, and so that's one of them, and also just um, 
the newest one we got was a, a school shooting threat at you know somewhere in nor- uh, northern Alberta, and so we had to like just go there and just provide like peer to peer support. And you know it's, but it's great you know like uh, especially where all of us are young and we just have a good time with the students. And of course we're just you know play games, you know, play like uh, also do like some group activities with them and whatnot. And yeah, just diffusing right. Like just taking, oh, yeah, yeah. just taking the stress out of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so COVID happens, and you mention it. You guys were kind of thrust into almost a new role, weren't you? Yeah. Before this whole COVID nineteen started, you know, I was planning to head back to Kenya for some altitude training for a few months because I was I was training for this year's Canadian Olympic trials for uh, Tokyo twenty twenty and hopefully qualifying. So, um, and then this whole COVID nineteen. Uh, started to spread around the world and it causes global pandemic and you know flights were being <clears throat> suspended and whatnot and I and then um, six got de- decided to develop this um, health services decided to start up this um, COVID-19 information call line and so that's where some of our SN7 staff was placed for the first month and a half and so we were taking calls you know just providing information and updates on the situation then mixing of course, uh, I seen a colleague of mine had a Bannock burger and a poutine. I was like, well, that looks pretty good. And then I just pretty much just like, well, since I'm not training, since the, uh, I'm going to eat as much as I can. I just want to enjoy the food for as much as I can. And then, you know, this one Bannock burger turned into like six weeks of just unhealthy eating and playing a lot of video games, Netflix. And so I just... You know, my mental at that time, my mental health wasn't doing the greatest. You know, like, of course, you need that that healthy balance with healthy foods, exercise, and whatnot. That healthy uh, schedule, and so I just decided to get back in shape. You know, like I want to get back in shape before summer. And then <clears throat> I think the first day I got started working out, I was with, jogging with my brother, and then the first kilometer in, I just started puking, and he was just my brother was just like shocked and how out of shape I was and you know he said it was really sad to witness and I just thought to myself like ah I I think that first day it really hit me as like oh my gosh I this is just awful like I'm, I'm like you know that athlete mentality told myself you know um I need to get back into it you know there's there's no messing around here and so I just you know pulled out my socks started training for past couple of weeks and you know I'm in pretty great shape right now and I will keep keep at it within the summer summer days here in the summer and in the months on so let's you know I, there's a couple of different paths I want to go here so I'm going to again I'm going to put the athletics stuff. I want to talk about the training in Tokyo in a, in a second but you know the call center and the importance of that and you you touched on it earlier what you guys have done out there on the nation has been really really inspirational uh, throughout oh, this whole you. thing. Um, and, and maybe just talk about that because it really is, to me, a community effort. Now, you mentioned Tyler White, the CEO of uh, Siksika Health, and he certainly has a large role to play in this. But um, watching that commu- your community really rally, particularly around the elders, like that's been, that's been important in this too. Can you just kind of talk about that overall strategy, Riley? Yeah, like so um, not, only that, not only what's a call center up and running, but uh, we – they, uh, they, decided, they decided to um, organize and set up this uh, food distribution center. So we'll be 
delivering food hampers door to door and, you know, taking names down. And um, also, uh, what else? Uh, we, they did a drive-in COVID-19 testing. Yep. Or uh, which is which is pretty uh, pretty amazing because you know like sometimes the EMS local EMS here in Six Guy will drive to your house and you'll get tested or you'll could or you'll be able to do a drive-through and so that's been on like I think it's been I think it's operational seven days out of the week and it's just it's just amazing how our community come to get came together and support each other and not only that but um sometimes I'll be at my house just enjoying the summer days and the sunset and I'll see like a bunch of families walking together and, you know, it shows that, you know, like they're enjoying their community and, you know, pe- seeing people's posts about doing other things, whether reading a book, going hiking, fishing, and, you know, doing arts and crafts. And, you know, it's just amazing that people are occupying themselves in a positive way just to um, maintain, you know, uh, maintain proper uh, mental health and, you know, doing it in a positive way. So I'm just, very grateful to be part of this uh, nation. I'm very proud of our leadership with health services, uh, the Six Guy Nation Emergency Management Team, and um, Six Guy Chief and Council. You know, like they're they're amazing leaders, and you know, I'm just here just to do my work as a frontline worker, and so I'm just very proud to be part of Six Guy Health Services as well. One of the the neat things, and, and I've seen a lot of it on social media, is back to SN7 and having you know youth leaders and youth mentors involved but utilizing their creativity there's been some great pictures and and videos and and ideas that have really sprung from your group to kind of help keep people safe and help people keep people engaged and informed during all of this right yeah like uh like right now that we're 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 developing um some uh tv video online content just for like safety protocols like um I know that we have five videos that are coming out and it's just like, it's pretty much our relaunch with six guy recreation, like uh, how to properly use the, the, the playgrounds, the basketball courts, the skate parks. And so it's been kind of, it's been kind of funny, you know, it's been a while since I did TV video. And so I've been, it's been um, kind of a cool transition because I took like videography in like high school and then I always had a, I always had a second, like a passion for it. And yeah, you know, just doing it brought back so much great memories. And it's kind of funny because, you know, uh, uh, some of us SN7 were kind of older, like late teens, early 20s, and we're like filming on the on the playground. And I came up with a script and uh, storyboard. And, of course, people driving by, by and they see these big kids playing around, messing around. And so it's, uh, it's pretty funny. I know that our videos will be uploaded soon. And, of course, um, I don't know, like I don't know why I wore wore a tank top in that day, but of course, my tattoos were showing, and I was like, and it was in the editing process, like, oh my gosh, I look like a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> and then, but it's all good though, you know. It's 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 a very great video, and I'm very proud of of uh, of the work I'm doing, and also my staff as well. And yeah, how big is SN7 by the way? How many how many involved? Well, over the years, there's been like many, like people like come and go, but yeah. uh, like they'll, they'll leave in a good way because, you know, they're, you know, I would say this is like a stepping stone program, you know, where like majority of them went into post-secondary and all of that, but some of their, some of them work part-time and are in po- at a post-secondary institute. Right. You know, it doesn't, the program doesn't really resolve around athletics. You know, we're strongly based on our, that culture theme. 
you know, we want to bring culture and that's what, uh, we've been lacking for the past couple months, but we brought some amazing individuals who are, uh, have more knowledge in the culture than some of us, but, you know, they also teach us like just, a you know, the proper ways how to say some blackwood words and, mm-hmm. and provide input. And so it's, it's, it's been great. You know, I'm just happy to be proud of this amazing group. Have you, have you spawned other groups in other areas across the country? Have, have people come to Siksika to see how SN7 works and if it could work for them? Um, actually, uh, we, we, um, we go to community functions or these crisis calls. They always request SN7. You know, that's what the youth needs and none of that. But all these big conferences, we like do, um, we do, uh, sessions, you know, they just enjoy like our enthusiasm or energy. And then that's how we developed, um, those business connections, those, um, those relationships. And so, you know, we gain knowledge off each other and yeah. provide input and whatnot. And I'm just very grateful for the many great organizations that we worked with and who also utilized us and whatnot. So, yeah. Okay, I said we'd get into the athletics, but you were preparing to compete to represent your country at Tokyo at the Olympics. Now, the Olympics have been pushed back a year. How has that impacted you, Riley? What's I mean, you mentioned that you took a break from training, but you're back training. But what's your schedule going to look like here in the next calendar year? Um, I know that uh, right now I'm just trying to get stay back or stay fit. You know, my main goal is to get in uh in great shape so yeah right now i'm not too worried about the next coming months the only my only uh main objective is just like uh being a frontline worker and uh serving my nation as much as i can and you know the athlete is second but you know like uh the frontline worker myself uh, comes first and how i serve my nation oh, another line it's all good but but like um you know that's that's how i that's how i think of it you know i just think you know, since I'm a frontline worker, that comes first, you know, the needs of my nation needs and what I could do to serve. And so I just, you know, I, I didn't really put the athlete before. Right. So I just been, you know, every day I work out like sometimes twice or once a day, you know, just keeping fit, whether it be jogging, not too, like my workouts are not too intense, just like, just, just to get in shape pretty much. You are a, a long-distance runner, but where was that going to slot you in competitively in the Olympics? Were you 10,000 meters marathon? Where would we have? Where were you aiming to, to represent the country? Well, um, you know, like I was hoping for the 10,000 meter because my mentor uh, and role model ran at the 1964 Tokyo Olympics. He was a Native American, and so I pretty much am following his um, his foot his footsteps. You know, he's been a great mentor, and that's Billy, right? Yeah, Billy Mills, and yep. so um, and so like that's why, that's why I usually go across overseas to get uh, the top notch training because that's where the world's best distance runners live and train. And you know that, but you know I made some amazing friends out there. And when I was out there, you know they they pretty much believed in each other, supported one another's dreams, and you know they were all uh, they're all bummed out this happened. But you know I told them that you know everything happens for a reason, and then don't worry, we'll all connect somehow and and so on and so forth your kind of entry into this is rather amazing right like it's not like you spent your whole youth growing up to 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 run long distance you kind of had just i I don't want to downplay it riley but in a way almost just showed up and and did it right yeah like um 
uh, you know, growing up, I grew up in a very dysfunctional environment, you know, drugs and alcohol and, and also, um, you know, like I'm dysfunctional, dysfunctional still, but, um, you know, like my only escape from that environment was being on the outdoors, you know, before Wi-Fi, before, you know, all of us had home computers and internet and whatnot, I would always, I would always be outside with my friends, you know, whether like I didn't own a bike, <laughs> my friends would be like, okay, let's see how fast you get running. I kept running repeatedly, but, and also, um, I used to play a uh, tag a lot when I was younger with mm-hmm. my friends and cousins and we would spend like hours and hours on the end at my late grandparents' house and to be playing like home free or tag for like six hours out of the night. And, and then that's how I got interested in the sport of running. And, but no, I, actually I was just enjoyed trying to be the fastest, you know, someone else trying to tag you to see if they could catch up to you or not. But I pretty much, I got introduced to, track and field in grade five for my teacher you know she was mandatory all of us had to join and it was quite it's quite a funny scene because you know my first ever race was the 800 and that's two laps you know i showed up to the starting line and all these there's these non-aboriginal kids who were wearing all these like nice adidas shoes uh nike shorts under armor shirt and here now here there's this native kid from Sixga wearing these bulky skater shoes baggy jeans and a ACDC shirt and a bushy hair. And then they're all looking at me like, oh, okay, is this kid serious? And then the gun goes off and I just pretty much took off in these bulky shoes and, you know, I end up winning my first race and I was like, okay, wow, this is, this is great. I think I might have something to do with this. I might have a passion with with this. And then I guess, yeah, the rest is history. Well, it's, it's a history that's still being written. And it, and, it's, oh, yeah. and it's fascinating to me that you, you you go from such a humble beginning that way, but you find yourself on a fairly big stage. And again, not that long ago, right? Like your first, re- when kind of the running world first acknowledged you or, or recognized you was only, what, five or six, seven years ago, right? Somewhere in there? Oh, yeah, I would, like, um, I didn't really, like in high school, I didn't really take track serious or yeah. distance running. I was always... Uh, uh, trying to stay fit, not only that, but uh, just try to keep myself occupied because, you know, like I mentioned before, growing up in a very dysfunctional environment, uh, parents, uh, drugs and alcohol. But aside from that, you know, I'll, in my early teenage years, uh, I experienced uh, suicide. You know, I, I grew up with cousins, close cousins, you know, who committed suicide, you know, teen, teen suicide, which which was really, um, really sad and uh, an awful learned experience in my teenage years because you know that's the first time i experienced depression yeah uh, developed low self-esteem you know just bottle all my emotions but i would say sports really helped me heal in a positive way and so and then my dad passed and i was pretty much you know like kind of went downhill from there you know like just you know in that party scene pretty much like every day or every weekend you know drugs and alcohol and and then I had this uh this moment, this uh, positive moment, which was I got, well, this was in 2014 when the North American Indigenous Games were happening in Regina, Saskatchewan. And of course, I was planning to go to a party that weekend. And yet my younger brother, Braden, and my other colleague, you know, everyone made it to Team Alberta for basketball. And like, I just, I, I wasn't really focused on athletics or any sports at the time. And they, they pretty much... They knew what I was going through and they, they didn't like it. And so they, what they did was they got me on Team Alberta 
without my consent. <laughs> and I was, I was really upset. I was like, what? I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. Like, what's the, what's the point? And then they said, no, no, this will be great. You know, you'll, you know, I know you'll do good. Like, ah, whatever. And then, you know, my brother was pretty much strict and stern with me, you know, was, oops. Everything's okay, folks. Everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't worry. It's just a main thing that's going on. So that's all, all good. Guys. That's all good. Okay. So, so I'll go back to that story. So my brother, you know, he told me, he's like, well, at the time, my brother was like, I want to get back into athletics. You know, dad passed away a year ago, and I don't like how you turned it out to be. You know, at the time, I, I, uh, I didn't really talk to a counselor, but what I turned to was my culture. You know, getting back into the sweat lodges, pipe ceremonies, and yeah. face painting. And so that was my way of healing. And not only that, but I never felt that good in my life in, like, years on end. And so I just... Yeah, and that was a really powerful moment. You know, I had I pretty much prayed to God Creator. You know, this please just give me the strength to move forward, and so I did. And um, actually, I'm gonna go somewhere quiet. It's, it's all good. No it's worries. All good. No, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. So. Like I went, like my brother pretty much got me on Team Alberta without my consent. And I was really pissed off. I didn't want to do anything with athletics, but you know, he's seen as a silver lining to get back into sports. And so I thought, well, I guess I'll give this a try, see if I like it or not. And I started getting into shape. He was pretty much strict and stern with me, making sure I don't leave the house every weekend, trying to go party. And then short story short, I went to the games, but I was like really low in funds. I had about 70 bucks to my name. I had to like manage for like good week. And so it was really funny. I was at the, I think I was at the University of Regina, Saskatchewan. But anyways, you know, like they have like this, these tables where they sell like these gimmicks and t-shirts and whatnot. And I came across this Billy Mills shirt. I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then, and then I looked at the price. I was like, oh, I was like 40 bucks. Okay, I was like, okay, well, that's basically 50% of my money. And so, of course, uh, I was just like, I was like, well, I guess I'll be drinking uh, the the water fountain for the next couple of days. And so I pretty much just bought it. And then I just, it, it, it was it was like worth, like it was totally worth it buying that, money, buying that shirt. And sure enough, my race came. I ended up winning a gold medal for Alberta's. It was Alberta's first uh, gold medal and medal overall. And so that was a, that was a great feeling. I told myself, you know, this is a really great feeling. And I kind of want more of that. And in short story short, I came home with a few gold medals, bronze medals. And yeah, it was a great turning point. So for the, uh, just give us a little background. How your brother registers you, now you're in. You didn't make that decision. He makes that decision. You did get to train. How much training did you get, Riley, before you went and competed? Actually, I would say like about six weeks. Okay. And so, yeah, so it was very... You know, when you're a young athlete, you pretty much can, you know, your metabolism is, uh, isn't as slow as you're older. And so, like, but I thought, I was like, okay, well, but, you know, I hate, the first week I really hated it. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. I, I was like, I don't even know why I liked this before. But, you know, I like I I, kept, I pretty much at that time, I kept watching the Rocky movies on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much inspired me. I was like, okay, well, you know, the, 
the workout montage is pretty much pumped me up and whatnot. Rocky like, Four, okay, right? Well, you were watching Rocky Four, the montage, uh, right? <laughs> I, I was I, actually I was watching all the Rockies. All okay. the Rockies are on Netflix, and so. But I would say, and then I was just like, okay, well, and then training on end, you know, just making sure I wasn't partying, and of course. Yeah. You know, but you know, it, it was. I, I usually look back and say, you know, I'm very, very grateful that my brother and colleague made that decision of me going. You know, like of course I'm glad that they did it, and of course I'm kind of mad at myself. Like, why would I be pissed off at the time? But then again, you know, it's a learning experience. Right. Yeah. What What you know now about your sport? What you know now about running? What? How do you evaluate yourself in that race? Like, were you a good technical runner? Were you keeping pace? What What was the kind of the, the, the runner's story behind that victory? Uh, well, I know that there's a few races that I've. Um, I usually have a lot of there's all like there's a lot of tactics in like a like a, like a there's like a lot of tactics in a race. Yeah, and so usually my race my race strategy is just like hang on to the guy in the lead or whatnot, or sometimes. You know, sometimes I always like being a front runner. I don't know why, but you know, it's a it's a really uh, risky being a front runner because you get gassed out easily and mm-hmm. you get passed in the last lap or two. But you know, I usually strategize is either hanging with the guys in the middle or stay the third, just draft off the leaders and whatnot. And and then it's always that last two hundred meters or no, last eight hundred meters. I usually just like to maintain pace and pick it up and just. I, I was like, I don't know why, but I always like to have a strong kick in a race. I don't know. It's just something about it where, yep. you know, we, you know, we give it all and your legs are building lactic at like lactic up and at threshold. And so I just, yeah. So yeah. You, you, you come back from Regina, you have the gold medal. Now what happens in terms of running? Where, where does running take you and, and, and what do you do to kind of get better or to get serious about it, I guess? Yeah, so um, you know that that shirt, that Billy Mills shirt I bought at Saskatchewan. You know, like, you know, he was playing. He was a keynote speaker at one of the Nike N7 Sports Summit down in Portland, Oregon. Hmm. And not only that, but it's it's the 50th anniversary of his Tokyo 1964 victory. Yeah. And so he's a keynote speaker, and, and I was I was I was thrilled and happy and excited to finally be my my hero who i just heard about like year like a couple years ago and then you know what you know hearing his story his story you know like just resembles my life and how i really connected to a story like him being an orphan you know him dealing with poverty you know you know and uh contemplated suicide and you know like you know how, how a dream can heal a broken soul because at the time i had a broken soul you know with my dad's passing and the many cousins who i lost to suicide and so I decided to like kind of follow his footsteps then on then. And then, and then that year of 2015, I was, I was serious about running. You know, I was, you know, I had a good training, training group at the, had a good training crew. And so, uh, you know, I was pretty much in great shape in my life. You know, this young 19, 20 year old kid who was hungry, you know, who was hungry for, um, for success. And then, you know, I was doing great in these races, you know, I was on a podium and I was hoping to make that Toronto, that 2015 Toronto Pan Am Games. You know, yep. I was in, in great 10,000 and 5,000 meter shape, and I hit a barrier, a health barrier. And you know, like sometimes my workouts, I was always getting these uh, sharp electrical pains in my heart. I thought it was like heart spasms, and 
sure enough, I totally ignored it and I ended up being rushed to the hospital. And then turns out I was diagnosed with a severe heart disease with Parkinson's. And I was like, and of course, like, wait, why me? I'm, I'm only like 19 years old. And why do I have, why am I diagnosed with this? And, you know, they say, you know, it's just a one in a million thing that, ha- that happened to you. And so I was like, oh man. So I was really upset because, you know, I had to put my health first. You know, I, I couldn't like work out. I couldn't train because how serious it was. You know, it almost pretty much almost killed me, yeah. you know, because I didn't listen. And then I think there was a turning point as well. You know, like I missed my opportunity to making a national team. You know, I was really upset and whatnot. But, you know, I get this phone call out of the blue. I think it was around early August. And it was, um, you know, and they asked me if I want to represent Team Canada at the first annual World Indigenous Games down in Brazil. I didn't hesitate. I said, yes, I'm in. <laughs> okay, great. They're like, okay, great. Uh, just send me your email. We'll send you the information. And then... I hang up the phone and the first thing that came up with mine was like, Oh no, my, my heart. I, I totally forgot about that. I was like, ah, what's the worst that can happen? I'm young, you know, I'm willing to, I'm willing to go all out. You know, there's this, um, there's this saying that says, uh, you know, uh, I'd rather die from a dream or something. Anyways, I thought about that quote every day. And then I just, you know, I told my family, I was like, uh, there's this opportunity that came up and I kind of wanted to share it with you. And they're all like, and of course, I shared with them, and they were really excited. But the first, the first thing they always ask me, like, "What about your heart?" And I'm like, "Well, I'll figure that out." And so I pretty much, you know, uh, consult with my doctor. I got the okay. Uh, she gave me some like uh, exercises for my heart, uh, breathing exercises, uh, so uh, all the foods I need to eat, and I pretty much uh, changed my training regime. You know, a lot of breathing exercises, a lot of meditation, and also. Uh, been training like smarter yeah and, and so like okay and this is i pretty much this was the games were in october mid-october and this was like late august when i started to train and i was like okay well i got again peak form i pretty much was partying all summer and then i just decided the last weekend of summer like okay well i'm gonna quit partying for now and then i'm gonna focus on the world indigenous games because that's you know but it should be interesting you know like even the but I knew at that time when I was trained, the first day when I started to train, I told myself, you know, like, I'm not going to let this heart disease control me. I'm going to control it. And so I pretty much believed in myself. I was always getting advice from our nation elders, atten- like just getting guidance, you know, uh, pipe ceremonies, sweat lodges and face painting. So I pretty much had a, was pretty much had a strong faith mm-hmm. and, and believe, believed in our ways. And so that's what really helped me with my training journey and whatnot. And so I just, you know, it was great. And then, you know, I go to the games. I was, it was my first time flying. I never flew in my life. You know, this 20 year old kid. Your first flight trip. is from Calgary to Brazil. Yeah. And then, well, not Calgary, but it was like Calgary, Toronto. Right. But, but you know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. your yeah, first time yeah. on a, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, this should be, <laughs> funny you know my first time on a plane and then i just my gosh i was like oh i think it was like 19 hours in total or something wow. and i was just like oh my gosh i don't know why people like flying or traveling <laughs> it's like i just but but it was it was an amazing journey and whatnot and i'm you know like but at that time i was suffering from identity loss mm-hmm. because with all this um 
racism, discrimination, you know, all these uh, negative comments towards First Nations people saying that we're deadbeats, lowlifes, and, you know, we're not good for anything. And, you know, I was really ashamed to be a First Nation because I was kept hearing that over and over again, whether it be social media, mainstream media, and especially with all the uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women. And, of course, uh, went out and that that really annoyed me. That really just, I would say, pissed me off. And so I just decided, like, well, I just... I don't know. I'm ashamed, but, but, you know, the most powerful thing before the games is getting my Blackfoot name, meaning running Buffalo. And so it was, I was very honored before I left. And, you know, I felt like that, that sense of pride, you know, I was like, you know, I really like this, you know, I, I regret saying those words, but, you know, like I know that God creator will forgive me for saying that because, you know, I'm still young and still learning in this life. But anywho, to, I go to the games you know, like go to Brazil and, um, and Palmas, Brazil, you know, it's a heart of Brazil. It's really humid. It's about like plus like mid forties every day. And there's just soaking sun, like, you know, it's basically like a sun. And then, you know, the opening ceremonies was the highlight of the games, you know, like seeing all indigenous culture come together, celebrating life. And, you know, me being a part of history, you know, me carrying the Canadian flag, my nation flag, and I just thought, like, wow. You you, know, you carried the flag? You were the flag uh, bearer for the opening ceremonies? Actually, no. I pretty, I came up with the, they, they told us if we do anything. I like So I get, I got this long, pretty much this long stick, and I pretty much tied our nation flag to it. Six gotcha. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. And, then, and of course, uh, I was totally okay with the other Canadians copying me. Like, well, you know, that, that's cool. <laughs> and, of course, there's this picture of me and uh, – someone took our screenshot of the opening ceremony. Like it shows me like this waving a nation flag and it shows a six God. This, this is amazing. Like, Oh wow. That's oh, great. That's and awesome. Then, yeah. And then I just opening ceremonies. I was excited. I was thrilled. I met so many great people, but you know, my race came on October 31st. You know, I was nervous, you know, my heart, I was like, Oh my gosh, my heart is, it's not agreeing with me. But you know, the night before, of course you're FaceTiming your family I was asking all my family, oh, what do you guys want? And they were like, oh, I want um, I want a keychain, I want a Brazil jersey sure, and whatnot. Sure, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, of course, of course. And then I asked my Uncle Tyler, I was like, what do you want? He was like, well, there's one thing I want. I was like, okay, what's that? He's like, I want a gold medal. I was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll do what I can. I'll see. And sure enough, um, I, was on, I was on my way to the starting line on, this, uh, on, the, on the charter bus. You know, I was jamming out. I was pumped up. And then I get to the starting line. It was just after my warm up. I was still warming up in the the like the sidewalks were just jam packed. And I just, you know, of course, um, you know, when you're jamming out, you're in the zone. And one song came on, and I thought it was a per- perception because, you know, uh, the rock band ACDC. I've heard of it through my dad, and my dad was a huge ACDC fan. And of course, I heard a. Uh, the song back in black. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, it just shows that my dad's here in spirit. I'm going to go out there and kick some ass. And sure enough, I end up, end up winning a gold medal and I became a world champion at the age of 20. It was an amazing feeling of feeling that I, I remember I broke the tape and I thought, Oh my gosh, did I win? Or what happened? And then <laughs> and I go to, and I go to my translators. Like, did I win? Did I win? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, like I feel great. And I was just, really tired and of course I sent pictures off to my family quickly and then the whole media tent and people coming up for like pictures and interviews and I thought like to myself like 
was like, holy, holy crap. Like I just, you know, my heart wasn't agreeing with me in the race, mid-race, you know, like mid-race, my heart rate was going extremely high. And then the heat was just killer. And then oh, yeah. I just thought, I just thought to myself, he was like, well, I'm doing something I love and I'm willing to give it all. I, I want to give it all I have in this race. And, you know, no matter what the outcome is, I'll be proud of myself. And then sure enough, I ended up with gold medal and it was great. And especially the closing ceremonies, they asked me to carry out the Canadian flag and it was a huge honor. You know, I wore my medal with pride. I will, I held the Canadian flag with pride and also my nation nation flag with pride. And it was, it was a great, and then, I guess that's how my name sort of started to get out there. This kid from the Res who became a world champion at the age of 20, but I was really humble about it. And, you know, when I got back, I went to, I was, I had a race, I had a race. Oh, good old dog. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the little dogs. Right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no worries. It, yeah, and then I had a race. And I, was, I was gassing up. To the, I was coming back from up north somewhere, and I was gassing up in uh, Musco Cheese. And as I was gassing up, this one guy was like, oh, hey, aren't you uh, Riley Maybers, the guy who won the gold medal? And I was just, I was like, oh, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 look really familiar. He's like, oh, I don't know, I, I get that a lot. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, you know, toying with him. And then, of course, you know, I go inside, pay for my gas, and they're like, oh, hey, uh, you're Riley Maybers, right? I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, hey, congrats on the gold medal. And it's amazing and you know like you know what's next for you and of course as i said like well you know i when i was younger about 10 five years ago in 2010 i made this goal of becoming an olympian and so i told her that I was like well you know that's one of my main goals right now and then like, okay we'll keep it up and you know the same those comments i'm like oh wow maybe i should because you know like you know like um you know that at the time there's youth starting to call me a role model but yeah. at the time I wasn't a role model because I wasn't a positive role model because I was I was drinking all the time every week and of course it was funny because we had a this victory rally here in Six ago. and then I think the night I didn't know anything about it but the night before I ended up celebrating you know having a few beers and actually yep. had way too much alcohol and then I came to the victory rally still a little under the influence I, I just felt bad about myself like oh my gosh this is and of course there's, I think there's a picture of me. On Google, I'm holding a medal, and my face just looks—I don't—I don't look the greatest that day. <laughs> but it's all good, though. But and since then, I did my first presentation. I was nervous, and then of course, you know, kid, like some kids, you know, came up to me like, "Oh, thanks for speaking, speaking up." You know, thanks for sharing your story. You know, that really inspired me, and that gave me hope. And it just shows that you know, I'm not the only one that's going through this. You know, you all went through this like just a couple years ago. You know, you're just a few years older than me. And then, and then you say you're a positive role model. I was like, yeah, okay. And then, uh, yeah, I told him, you know, thank you, kid. You know, I appreciate it. And, and then, you know, I decided to make a pledge. You know, I told myself, I think I'm going to quit alcohol. And so on January 1st, 2016, I decided to have my last sip of alcohol. And so it's been like four and a half years sober, which I'm very proud of that. And, you know, I want to show youth and give, I want to share that story with kids, you know, it's giving them hope, always focus on your goals and whatnot, and became this uh, speaker, you know, speaking at events, schools, and, you know, I just enjoy doing that. 
Um, Sport Calgary members have access to resources such as marketing and social media, blog entries, features, and placement on the events listing. Become a member. It's easy and free. Visit sportcalgary.ca slash members. Riley, uh, tell me about becoming a role model, though, and tell me about becoming a speaker and, and how that has evolved for you because that's, that's not necessarily an easy thing, too. You know, probably harder to be an Olympic runner, but becoming an effective mentor role model for youth is also a bit of a challenge too, right? Yeah. Um, so at, like, you know, my childhood, you know, I didn't have any positive role models because they were into that negative lifestyle, you know, drugs and alcohol. And so I, my only role models at the time were these, uh, fictional characters, mm-hmm. you know, um, these anime characters who I really looked up to, uh, Goku Naruto, because they tell me like how to like, work hard and always believe in yourself and you'll see great results. And of course, you know, that that's like, okay, well, you know, these guys, these characters are real. So I like how they're really determined and persuasive on how to inspire people and work hard towards their goals. And so I pretty much, you know, I just took on upon that. I was like, okay. And so as I got older, I became this athlete and, you know, quit alcohol and I became this positive role model. And they're, you know, at first I was really, shocked at the time i was like well i i don't know there are better individuals who are suited more than me like no no like it's happy it's not because of your athletic achievement it's just like who you are as a person you know you're really humble and you know you don't brag or boast of yourself you mostly just talk about pop culture stuff that's what i really like about you and they're like yeah you know i could really relate to this kid you know he talks about you know comics video games movies he doesn't talk about all these athletic achievements, his training regime, he just keeps it real, just keeps it simple. And, you know, sometimes, and then, you know, I've been speaking now for almost five years and it's been great. You know, of course, sometimes they're hit and miss, but, you know, I always had this main goal was if I inspire one person in that room, you know, I did a good job. You know, my mission is done. And so like I smoke in like small gatherings to big gatherings and, you know, but I didn't take any like, um, like speaker training or anything like uh, uh, public speaking training or workshops training whatever and then I pretty much was self-taught and my gosh like the first time like I I deal with anxiety <laughs> low self-esteem on a daily basis but you know it's always good getting out of comfort zone I was telling myself you know like like with a heart situation you know I'm, yeah. gonna contro- I'm not gonna let it control it I'm not gonna let it control me I'm gonna control it and so I just decided to take just use that, that that phrase every day in my life you know and so i just you know became a speaker doing all these great events you know these kids will send me a message on social media and i'm more than happy just to reply back you know give back some guidance some wisdom and so you know like i <clears throat> i love hearing great feedback saying like oh you're really you're amazing and um, I'm, I'm not going to put anyone on on the spot but I did a speaking engagement somewhere up north. I think it was this year. And then they said, you know, this really uh, known athlete, this well-accomplished athlete, indigenous athlete, and they said, you know, like, you know, the kids really appreciated your time more than this individual because you stayed for the whole day. You stayed right from, you came from 8 a.m. and you stayed with the entire school till like once they all left. You know, it just shows that you're really caring and, you know, you're chit-chatting with the kids and, you know, like I always play like one-on-one or like a few bas- pickup games of basketball during lunch hours, you know, it's the kids and just, uh, it's amazing and whatnot. And we just, you know, they ask me about advice. And of course, 
we share that res humor and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah, it's cool. You, you talked about when, you know, when you got into running in your first race and, the, and there's clearly a natural gift there, right? Like you, yeah. you, you know, there's something in your makeup that makes you a very good runner, but I, I'm, I'm struck by your vulnerability, your honesty, and, and can't, I can't not think that part of your success as a, as a speaker is you again, have those innate, you're naturally vulnerable. You're naturally honest. There's, there's not much that you shy away with. And I would have to think for a lot of kids that resonates because they're probably used to people, you know, couching what they're saying or checking what they're saying, or, you know, kind of using cliches and things like that. You you don't, you don't really deal in that, do you? Yeah, no, I, I I usually, I just keep it cool. Like I just, you know, I'm kind of like a smooth, I would say. And, but, you know, I just, you know, I just love what I do, you know, like I just, yeah. it's kind of the one thing I really like about when I speak to kids, there's always a debate when I bring up these fictional characters who I look up to and there's always a, like, oh, who's your favorite? Who do you prefer, Naruto or Goku or Spider-Man or Batman? I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's the most hardest question they're going to you're going to answer me. And of course, there's always a debate like, well, I think he's better because of uh, his agilities and his communication skills and you know I, I just have conversation like that and or um like video games and it just shows that i could really i really relate to them and they're like okay well this kid's just like me he's not this he's not this um stuck up egotistical guy who cares about just himself you know yeah. he has a life you know he's like me you know he's like a nerd and geeky and shy and so i just dude like i want our audience to know that you're not just saying you and i have had some amazing conversations about star oh, wars yeah. we've had yeah, amazing conversation about the avengers and stuff like that like that you're not you're not blowing smoke this is what riley is about this is how he <laughs> connects which i think is is awesome like i again i just think you're such a natural when it comes to it right yeah like um I would, that's pretty much my escape from the real world it's, it's just like you know watching movies that's you know, it's been like what three months now since yeah. this whole COVID yeah. pandemic, and I'm just dying. I'm just craving for a movie. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just. <laughs> but you know, we gotta live with it. It's okay. You know, I know that when a day comes, when the theaters opens, I'm just gonna appreciate it. And I'm gonna enjoy a nice, large, well, you, uh, so cold soda. You and I are both just... waiting for season two of The Mandalorian, right? Like, oh yeah, that, definitely. That's what we're waiting for right now. We could, Actually, yeah, yeah. Like I'm just. It's crazy because, uh, of course, there's these websites, media websites about like upcoming movies, and I, it's crazy how the one that really got me hyped up was the original actor for Django Fett from Episode Two is gonna reprises or appear as Boba Fett in the Mandalorian season two, and I just like lost my mind. <laughs> it's, it's funny because so, I thought so, of you when I saw that. I thought, oh, Riley's just gonna eat this up. Cause that's, yeah. that's the, that's right in your wheelhouse, right? That's what, well, it's right in my wheelhouse too, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then right? not that, but I just been, um, like despite training, but I actually been catching, been watching a lot of movies on Netflix. I usually like been watching like movie a day. Like yep. I just, like right now I just finished, uh, well, actually I just been watching all these classic movies like, uh, back to the future, the karate kid, uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles and all that. It's been, enjoying that a lot recently like okay damn it's been you know it's like those like even though it's not a movie theater experience but just okay you know this is great yeah i'm gonna enjoy it some escapism yeah Yeah. some escapism um are you doing much in terms of like this type of format 
um, with kids and with, uh, you know, during the pandemic or are you, I, and I do want to get to, it's funny you bring up Billy Mills because today as we're recording this, you, you've got another project that you're working on and you're going to be talking to Billy, right? Yeah, actually I developed this, uh, kind of like this live Instagram interviews. And so it's, uh, last week I, I launched it last Friday and this is basically like a daily talk show, like, like what we're doing. And it's yep. funny because my first guest was, uh, Clara Hughes, you know, six time Olympic medalist. And, you know, with me, I'm usually like very camera shy. And it was really funny because I was in this exact same room. <laughs> and then, um, uh, you ever have those, uh, those dry, those dry coughs? Oh yeah. It was like those, those wrong two coughs. It was Instagram live. And I said, I was like, okay, Clara, I got a, I got a cough. And then I pretty <laughs> much coughed in my shoulder and my, uh, in my elbow. And then I started like coughing constantly. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is Instagram live. And of course, you know, she, she was laughing. I was laughing about it too. And then I'm pretty sure our viewers are laughing too. Like, ah, I know everyone needs a good laughter. And so it's just like, Oh my gosh. But you know, I just brushed it off. And sure. I never looked back. And of course I got, you know, great feedback from, uh, uh, from that little launch. And of course, uh, today, Billy and Patricia Mills will be on my show, uh, 4 PM today. I'm very excited. You know, it's, I want to hear, um, how they're doing is COVID and how they're maintaining, uh, sanity. And I know that, um, Billy Mills has his COVID-19 beard and I was like, Oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> and so I'm hoping he didn't shave it. I kind of want to see how he looks with it and, and well, why is, why he grew it out. And so it's funny because, I've been kind of growing my hair out, to be honest. Yeah. I just uh, so I, I'm kind of curious on how long it grows, and uh, believe it or not, I kind of rock in the the Hawkeye hairstyle from Avengers Endgame. Yeah. So I've been getting a lot of fades and whatnot, just to see how it looks. You know, I, <laughs> people say I look pretty badass, so I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. Makes me look tougher. Yeah. Well, sure. We'll go with that. So it's Fridays on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah, Fridays on Instagram at the Six Sigma Recreation page. You know, we provide like yep. uh, updates on our well-being and how to stay fit, how to keep active, and all of that. But like I mentioned before, we d- we're developing these videos on how just to educate people on like how to maintain social distancing, how to properly use the playgrounds, basketball courts, baseball diamonds, and etc. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Kind of curious about your because th- you brought up, you know, you brought up racism earlier. Um, yeah. What about what's going on right now, and and how that might impact the kids you work with, impact you? Um, clearly, there's a conversation that that has always needed to be had, but it's being thrust into the spotlight. Um, what have the last couple of weeks been like for you? Well, uh, of course, uh, you know with especially uh, what's what's happened in the States, you know, it's just really awful. And, you know, my heart goes out to the people, you know, the George Floyd family and whatnot. And, you know, it's just like, you know, I would say it's crazy. You know, it, it it's, it's how, how the transition it was from COVID-19 and now to like riots and racism. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, we're in the month of June now in 2020. And of course, uh, there's a bunch of memes. You're like, oh, what's, you're like, ah, oh. you're like, ah, oh, July, what's the worst thing? what's the worst that could happen? Of course, I've seen this meme that shows like the Independence Day. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was a good movie though. Yeah. And so I started, I, started, I started laughing about that. But, you know, it's it's just like, you know, very sad in, in the reality of it. You know, racism is, you know, it's been around for like hundreds of years. And of course, it's going to, you know, you know, be around for the next 
50 to 100 years. And so, you know, my input on that, it just, you know, of course, that, you know, it's, it's a really, like, um, a really sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people are really uh, not the great, the greatest to make comments on it. But, you know, like, it, it shows that, uh, you know, the positive side, you know, people, it shows like the, you know, people re- reuniting together, stand up, standing up against racism. You know, I have seen pictures of uh, First Nations people, Native Americans, you know, just, you know, dancing in large gatherings and whatnot. And, you know, they, and, you know, they educate them on what they're doing. And they say that, you know, they're providing healing and prayers to whoever's going through this. And so, you know, it's just, you know, this is really awful what's happening in the States. And, of course, uh, you know, with President Trump, oh, it's just like, wow, it's just, you know, it's just really awful. But you know, it's, it's amazing what people are standing up for, you know, against racism. And, you know, of course I support the cause of, you know, like, uh, black lives matter and, you know, indigenous lives matter, misindigenous indigenous women. And so, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, um, amazing what people are believing, you know, just shows that, you know, they're, they're sick of it, you know, I'm sick of it. And, you know, yeah. like the supporting this in any way they can, whether it's from social media, donating to some causes and whatnot. And, and so, yeah. One of the things that I I like to think are the are, are the strengths of of SN Seven and and Tyler White and Riley Many Bears are one of the, we we've heard a lot about listening, right? Listening, and 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 learning, and I, I've all I've I found you guys to be awesome teachers that you know to come ask questions to listen and learn because we're not kidding anybody here, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, you guys, you, you know, you guys deal every day with kids that have to deal with it and, and are exposed to it right like um it's it's not a, a not a united states problem we have it here too oh yeah it's around the world too as well and right so, but but you know like on the on the i know that like, this won't last forever and i do believe that there'll be change yep and then uh like um look i know that but it just shows that um i liked how calgary you know they showed unity the other day at the protest in which i was I want to go, but, you know, due to this whole COVID-19, you know, of course the whole, you know, I, I like, like there's restrictions of large gatherings. And so I pretty much, I want to go so bad and support, but, you know, like, you know, I don't want to, uh, you never know, you might end up catching it. I don't want to risk getting my family infected, but, yeah. you know, I, I was just seeing like uh, videos and whatnot and saw how powerful it is just to unite. And of course I seen this picture in Calgary, like this, um, this African Canadian was hugging a police officer. I was like, Oh, wow, that's just very powerful. I mean that, but some of the police officers were like kneeling down and whatnot. And it shows like <clears throat> there are good cops out there. You know, it's not only when there's not, not all cops are bad. You know, there are some cops who are bad and some cops who are, uh, they, they love their job. You know, they're there to protect and serve and they, mm-hmm. they care for people and whatnot. And, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about fishing. Cause I follow you on social media and oh, I, yeah. I've seen you going out there and first couple times, I don't think you were really successful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so I never, I went fish like ever, like when this COVID-19 happened, I started like, okay, I kind of want to get back into doing stuff I haven't done in years, which is fishing. And so of course I bought the whole, like the whole rubber suit that goes up to the shoulders. And I spent like <laughs> hundreds of dollars on like a tackle box, fishing rod and nets and all, all the, all the gadgets and gizmos and, and is and then I just was just so I kept failing for the first couple of times and like okay I'm, I'm gonna go back 
to my uh, my childhood home, which was in Crowfoot, Six God. I decided to fish there because when I was younger, I used to fish there with my late cousins, but I never got to fish with them. I was basically the kid that was just, that I was just sitting in the back, you know, like, okay, when's it my turn? Like, oh, just watch and learn. <laughs> take, <laughs> take notes. I'm like, oh, you guys are, well, you guys are, you guys are jackasses for saying that. And then, and of course, they catch these nice fishes. And of course, like, okay, is it my turn? Like, oh, we're going to go back to the house now. Like, oh my gosh, you guys are cheap. <laughs> but, and then I end up, there was one video I uploaded because uh, I think it was Twitter and I was really in this fish and that was actually my first fish like with a rod. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is intense. And of course, and he, I don't know. I think it bit, bit off the hook. And then I just right by shore like, oh too, right? Like you were, yeah, you yeah, could yeah, see yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. It was right by shore. Like, Oh my gosh. And then, <laughs> and then my call, my, my buddies were like, Oh, grab it. And I legit grab, went into the water and tried to grab it. I, I like on these, my dress boots and like these, <laughs> You know, that's how determined what that's how determined I was to catch my first fish, and then ended up catching my first fish a couple of days later. And I was, yeah, it was great, and then I just decided to retire. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Done <laughs> you know, it. Thank I, you very. Good night, yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Good night. I think it's time to retire. Put up the fishing rod onto better things. But no, I, I usually like uh, I've been fishing with some of my friends, cousins, and it's just, and it's just. I think we would always have a contest, see who will catch the biggest fish. And I think we'll fish on like for a couple hours, you know, just bust out jokes and just talk about the good old days and whatnot. But, you know, it's great. Oh, it, nothing better, right? Like it's yeah. so low key and, and quiet and, you know, yeah. Especially yeah, right now, what, right? Yeah. Like it clears the mind too, eh? Yeah. Like uh, I usually ask some friends, like, okay, where's the. Uh, uh, they would show me the pictures of the gigant, the monster fish they catch. I'm like, okay, where's this? Where you? Where, where, okay, where's this? Where did you catch the fish out? I go like, oh, somewhere. I was like, oh, don't be, don't be, don't be, don't, don't be cheap about your fishing places. Come on, yeah, you gotta, like, gotta tell me where. And then like, ah, uh, like, well, twenty bucks, I'll tell you where my secret, secret fishing spot is. Everyone has their secret fishing. Everybody spot. has it. Everybody's got a hole, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And and their and their secrets that they'll take to the grave, sort of thing. Oh yeah, I know. Like I was kind of like that too because I uploaded a picture of my first fish and like, oh, where did you catch that fish? So like places. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but you know, I, I laugh about it. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, two more. One, and you you talked about it a couple times, but tell us tell us the story about your training overseas because you again, Tokyo's been pushed back a year. My assumption is that you still in the qualification process, but you were going to go to Kenya and train. You've been there before. Yeah. What's that like yeah. for you? Can you explain that experience? Uh, I would say it was a really fun learning experience. It was an amazing adventure. Um, you know, that year was kind of difficult in 2018 because, you know, I was really looking forward to uh, going to school in the States because I accepted a athletic scholarship for track and field and cross country. Mm-hmm. And so like, where are we going to, uh, Bacone College in Oklahoma. Okay, I, I liked it because there's many Native Americans from all over the country that were there, and they, yeah, you know, I felt really strongly connected and whatnot. But you know, just as I was about to move down there, you know, I got an email from the school stating that they cut the funding for the athletics program, and so I was pretty much, you know, a little upset about that. And of course, you know, all the all the other um, my friends down there were scrambling around of, you know, transferring and whatnot in the process, and so I just decided to like, well, I just I don't, I, I don't think there, I don't think I have, I don't think I won't be going down there. And so I was just, you know, one Friday, uh, one weekday, 
I think it was like up to like four in the morning, just thinking, oh, what's my next find? And then, you know, this, uh, this video popped up on YouTube. It was just about a uh, distance runner, like uh, runners of Kenya or something like that. Yep. And I thought, like, okay, why don't I go to Kenya for a month or two or for maybe a couple weeks or so? And then this crazy idea, like, okay, I don't know anyone out there. I don't know how to get there. I, <laughs> I was like, my, <laughs> the plan was just, Go to Kenya. That's it. Like, okay. Next <laughs> I told, I told my, um, I told my call. Uh, I told a good friend of mine, uh, Doctor Cell. Like, he works out there. He goes out there like a couple times out of the year and whatnot. And I told him like, hey, um, he asked me like what my plans were. Like, well, I think I'm taking out to Kenya. I was like, okay, uh, that's it. He's like, well, you know, because he knows about how renowned the world distance run yeah. community is out there. And he thought, I was like, okay, that's a pretty crazy cool idea. You know. Well, yeah, go for it. And then he's like, do you know anyone out there? He's like, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and of course I, people didn't believe me. You know, my brother, my aunties, my uncle, they didn't believe me. I, I bought my first plane ticket and they were like, okay, well, this is serious. And of course I was getting my malaria medicine. I was getting yeah. all the, uh, all my shots and everything. Uh, yeah. All, all my shots up to date. And of course it was a week before my, before I was taken off and they were like, you're actually really going with this. Do you know anyone there? I was like, uh, no, but I'll somehow manage. And then of course, you know, said goodbye. I said, I'll be back next year in 2019. And then I just, you know, it was a, it was a pretty long flight because I, I spent the night, you know, doing last minute laundry. It was up to like, actually I didn't sleep at all. Like I, I'm really bad at procrastinating. I was like, Oh, I should have done this. <laughs> and then I get a, you know, get a like, 16 18 hour flight and then i hit the nairobi around just before midnight and i look at my flight itinerary and it says my next flight won't be for another 12 hours i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> uh, okay what i'm gonna do within 12 hours and i was just up staying up and i was just really exhausted and then as soon as i hit down i didn't like oh my gosh i'm, I'm alone for the first time <laughs> i didn't i didn't know anyone and then I get on my next flight at 12 in the afternoon, head up to Eldoret, and I get off. I was like, okay, my next step is finding a ride to E10. And, of course, you know, there's, like, taxis and whatnot. I was like, okay, this guy looks really trustworthy. And so he takes me takes me to wherever, and I got to know him. And then he drives me to E10, which is, you know, respectable, has a real non-respect for its community running running community, you know, a lot of athletes from all over the world go there for some altitude training, whether they're professional or just recreational jogger. And so I get to E10, and then at next step, I was just making, Mark checking the list off, like, okay, check, find a ride there. Next step, find a place to stay. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, so I, I get there. I was looking around, and then I found a place. And yeah, they, you know, I did had the, all the essentials, you know, it's the toilet, you know, propane stove, bed, couch, and all that. Like, okay, you know, I don't, you know, I re require nothing but the uh, essentials, you know, I, and then of course getting a tour and then of course, you know, a little jet lag and, and I need a phone plan to make sure to update my family that I was okay. But, you know, it's been a crazy experience out there and, you know, none of that, but, you know, I met some First Nations people out there, you know, a group of First Nations. I went to a resource center just about two hours west of E10, you know, maybe three, four Mi'kmaq youth and they're taking part in this Aboriginal internship program, indigenous, indigenous internship program where they, 
you know, they're there for like a couple months on end. And then none of that, but I got to uh, catch up with two familiar people, you know, Dr. Sell and my other good friend, um, who she, she was placed in Uganda. And then of course, I'm like, okay, it'd be great if I just trek it to Uganda. And so I pretty much, I wouldn't say hitchhiked, but I did hitchhike. And so it was a pretty crazy experience hitchhiking Uganda is to catch up with a friend and whatnot. But no, it's been an amazing experience out there. You know, I made some, some great friends. I met some world cup, world-class athletes, got some advice from them. And you know, it was just an amazing experience. And right now I'm just, you know, I was a little bummed out with the whole COVID-19, but you know, everything happens for a reason, yeah. you know, like you just, just got to brush it off and focus on what's next in your life. You know, got to make another plan, you know, like sometimes plans don't go according to, and you know, I'm, eventually I'll go back there someday. And so I'm, you know, it's been quite a crazy adventure out there. And I look back like, you know what? I had the guts to, move out there. I didn't know anyone out there. And I made some amazing friends out there. And, you know, those memories last on to this day. And, then, you know, people give me credit, you know, like you have the guts to go out there. You don't, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, well, I just, you know, made a plan. Let's <laughs> wrote a simple plan. Go to Kenya. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. My friend, my last question for you is the same question that I ask everybody at the end of these podcasts. And I, I'll expand it a little bit, but yeah. Give me, with no parameters, I'm not setting the parameters, you set the parameters. Give me your hidden Calgary slash Siksika gem. Give me your hidden Calgary or Siksika gem. No parameters. Ooh. Ooh. I want to hear yours. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm a Fish Creek guy. I think Fish Creek is so special in Calgary. Like, I think it's a yeah. hidden gem, like, to have a park like that kind of right at the end of my street where I can take my dog and go for a run and go down. And you can, there's beavers building a big house down there. You can go watch that at night. That's a hidden oh. gem to me. But other people have done restaurants. Other people have done bookstores, parks. You tell me, Riley. Give me yours. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a few. So, okay. Um, I would say six ago, you know, I, I went to Crowfoot, my childhood home, and I've just been... Uh, been training out, been doing a lot of jogging, exercising out there, and fishing out there, and then not only that, but it's just a really, I, I love the sunrise there. It's just amazing. I just, I think about the, you know, the Star Wars, <laughs> you know, where Luke's looking at the yep, sun, like, the okay, twin I, 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 yeah, Twin Suns, and then of course I had my music on, and of course I played the Binary Sunset song and whatnot, and <laughs> I just, you know, just enjoy the moment, and then I would say Crowfoot, and then actually I went to uh, Tubby Dog the other week and. Oh my gosh, I just bought a Yogi Bear hot dog and a poutine and a couple of cans of Coke. And I think, what, I forgot the, uh, the guy's name, but he's like, oh, I haven't seen it in a while. Like, yeah, you know, I've been busy with work and whatnot. And we're just catching up, like, you know, like, oh, how are things? He's like, yeah, we've been we've been open for two weeks now. And it's like, yeah, I was, I guess, I was expecting you to stop by sooner or later. I'm like, well, here I am, just, you know, just grab him some food. And I told him, I was like, well, like, well, I'm just going to let you know that I'll be the first one play the arcades once it opens up and so he and so i i told him that and what else um I'll, actually i drove by cineplex the other week just like looking at it I was like oh my gosh soon don't worry <laughs> i was like i said you know we're gonna have a date someday i don't care just i'm coming leave. back <laughs> yeah i'm coming back i'm gonna I'll, I'll even watch like two movies in a day i would say okay so tubby dog crowfoot cineplex and um uh, what else? I went to the Memorial Stairs, just you know, chilling out and looking out, looking over Calgary. Yeah, yeah. And also the other the other spot 
where you could see like the the grandstand and the saddle dome and so i just look at those you know just all these amazing views and whatnot and and also um also some a few comic book stores you know like i know that they've been closed i usually like to go there just you know browse around and whatnot yeah. and and also a video game trader you know, i haven't been there but i hopefully will go there soon pick up a few video games and also um what else I looked at uh, the other day. <clears throat> I drove by Peter's Drive-in, and my gosh, that lineup is just insane! I was like, wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was craving a milkshake, I was like, okay, is, is this is this lineup worth it? <laughs> like, no, no, it's just don't worry, don't worry. I'll have my milkshake in the summer. But then again, you know, summer time is always the packs, always the packs. So, but I would say, yeah, th- those are the my. Those yeah. that's a pretty impressive list, my friend. That's a really yeah. impressive list. Riley, I can't thank you enough. I wish you the best of luck with your Instagram show. Um, you yeah. are an inspiration. You are a friend. I love you, brother. Thank you so much yeah. for doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. I'm going to add on. Uh, it's kind of – so I've been uh, – like I, I haven't hosted before, but I've actually been doing a lot of studying. Yeah. I've been, wa- I've been watching a, a lot of Howard Stern yes. podcasts and shows. Like, yeah. Okay. You know, it's, even though it's a little explicit, but – just the way he makes the guests comfortable. They're like, okay. And then <clears throat> been watching a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts. Yep. And so I just been, I just been like kind of like learning, taking notes and whatnot. So, but yeah, <clears throat> you know, it's been great seeing you brother. I really appreciate it. And of course I would have, <clears throat> of course I would have said yes to this podcast and not only that, but I was really looking forward to the Brian Burke's target. For I know for kids. Sport. I know. I know yeah. because you are, you're kind of a legend now after one appearance, by the way, is, yeah. you know, in our celebrity Annie Oakley and next year, pal, you'll be back next year. Yeah, you'll be worry, back next know. year. I was, I was going to send Jesse a message. Jesse loves like, Well, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, one more year to train. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to, he listens to the year. podcast Riley. So he'll hear this. So, all right, that's good. <laughs> all right. All right, Jesse. Well, then again, you know, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are maintaining sanity. Hope you guys are healthy and clean. And just remember guys that, we're all in this together, you know. We're a part of history, and then, you know, years back on years years ahead, we're gonna look back and say, you know, like, you know, we're we're part of history, you know. Like, where were you during this COVID nineteen? You know, I was at home, I was with my family, <clears throat> I was at work, and you know, thank you to the frontline workers for all you guys done. You know, you know, it just shows that you know people do care for people. You know, I'm very proud to be a part, not not an indigenous, but just being a human being in general. It just shows that. People are there to care and, you know, that we're all get through this, you know, after every storm, there's a rainbow. And not only that, but, you know, my Blackwood name symbolizes a buffalo. You know, every other, when a storm comes, a buffalo doesn't turn its back like other animals. It marches through the storm. So basically, raw buffaloes just marching through the storm together, brother. Uh, Riley is an amazing cat. Um, I love his approach. I love what he's doing. Uh, another one of the uh, we've had a lot of runners on this program, but another long distance runner who's uh, kind of caught up in the pause. Love the story about uh, Kenya. How many of us would have just got on a plane, flown to Kenya, and then figured out where we we're staying and who we we're going to work out with and all? That's it's an amazing story. Um, again, check out SN Seven. Follow Riley on social media. He's uh, he's a, well, 
He's inspirational. And again, the message timely, isn't it? I think it's a very timely message. Uh, that'll do it. We'll be back soon. If you uh, enjoyed the podcast, please share it. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe or Spotify Podcasts uh, and check it out. Uh, I'm Rob Kurt. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Original Six Feet Conversation Podcast for Sport Calgary. Sport Calgary.